0: Welcome to the Hyper Growth Zone podcast. This is your go-to resource for personal growth, mastering communication, and influencing and persuasion techniques that will help you unleash the full potential of yourself and others. Here is your host, Alex Morgan. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Hyper Grossone Podcast. My name is Alex Morgan, and I'm a master trainer of hypnosis and NLP. Does it often appear to others that you are crushing life, but in reality you feel like life is crushing you? Get ready to be spellbound by Chris M. King, a living embodiment of triumph against all odds. From a childhood fraught with adversity, Chris emerged to rewrite the script of his own life. In an astonishing turn, he leaped from an unorthodox academic journey to become an NCAA hockey player within a year of lacing up his skates. Yet this was merely the prelude to a story of audacious choices. Abandoning a six-figure career, Chris embraced destitution in pursuit of something greater, a journey that led him to transform not just his circumstances, but his entire reality. Brace yourselves to discover the insights of The Witch Doctor, and let Chris guide you towards unleashing your own potential to achieve the unfathomable. So welcome, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So we were talking a little bit before about uh, your program called Get Unstuck. Where would you say that people get stuck the most, and why would they want to join this program? Where are people really stuck that you're seeing?
1: Yeah, well, I think I think that depends on the person, you know. I mean, we get stuck in business, we get stuck in our personal lives. Um, I tell you that you're going to have something like seventy thousand thoughts today. You're going to make like thirty three thousand decisions, and the overwhelming majority of those obviously are going to be completely unconscious. And uh, and people wonder why am I still stuck in this relationship? Why am I still stuck in this job? Why am I still stuck in this uh, city? Right? It could be any number of things. And so we we have four different Programs in the Get Unstuck umbrella that addresses pretty much any any which way in any uh, in which somebody gets stuck, right? Like, you know, New Year's resolutions. Here we are, and and the we, New Year's resolutions are bullshit, right? It's, it's like 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 most of them. Where are we today? Like most of them already failed, right? So that's what the Get Unstuck program is for. Is like, look, enough. Let's let's actually make this happen.
0: Cool. Thanks so much for sharing that. So when you are uh, thinking about being stuck at helping uh, potential clients or students how are they seeing like stuck how do a, does a normal person see that and how can you help kind of unravel that for them
1: I, I would say the the first step in identifying it is is awareness right just becoming aware that something feels off you might not even know what off feels like something feels wrong maybe you're bored um maybe you're getting pissed off right but um and and it, It does show up in any number of ways. You know, I mean, like for my thing, I'll tell you where I got stuck the most in my life was like what our program, what we call love and situationships. Right. I don't know that I ever had a real relationship. I had situationships. I had entanglements. Right. But we get stuck in these things. Right. And so we've got we've got the love and love dating and situationships. We've got people that are stuck in a life that they've built. That does not feel right. We've got, that's called our Miserable Millionaire Program. They have it all. They've checked all the boxes, but they're really just hating their lives. They're not happy. Um, life transitions are incredibly difficult, even when they're good, like a major career change or a move out of a city or state. Um, of course, marriage, divorce, death, birth. These are all major life events. And even when it's a good thing, even when it's something we want, change is very difficult. The hardest one is probably our destination unknown program because that's that's somebody that has no idea which way to go. They just know that where they are is not where they want to be.
0: That's interesting because you also said that people make I think thirty three thousand decisions a day. So with that, that. so with that many decisions, how, how can someone possibly not have any idea? Then is it because they have too many decisions to make? How. How do they usually see that? Where it's totally unknown, would you say?
1: Well, when it's totally unknown, they there's it usually comes up in boredom, right? They're they're not like the miserable millionaire that's you know probably getting angry and having issues at work or whatever. Like that person's really in in some some deeper stuff. It's for for the destination unknown. I don't know is the phrase that comes up again and again and again. How do you feel? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. Why are you doing this? I don't know, right? And so that that really becomes a point of clarity and connection with the self, right? That deeper sense of self and understanding who I am, what I am, and getting clear about what I really want, and then discovering how to start moving forward in that direction. That's awesome. So,
0: someone that is, you know, has this all—I don't know—and they're repeating this. Does this usually stem from some sort of limiting belief that they've held on to for so long? Where do you see this usually happen? Where they just can't verbalize where they,
1: what they feel, what they want to do, any of these things? That's a great question. Here's the funny thing about I don't know. It's usually a lie with our clients. Mike, my, my one-on-one clients in particular, I don't do much one-on-one work, but we, you know, we have different coaches in the organization that work with different um, different people. Mine tend to be professional women. And and my running joke is that they are overwhelmed, they're burned out, and they're kind of pissed off at their husbands. Like, that's my client, you know? <laughs> and their businesses and their lives are running them instead of the other way around. And the, I don't know thing is kind of a lie because what we've discovered is that when somebody says, I don't know, what they're really saying is, I'm scared to admit it. There's some, they actually know, they know very well. And when I can create a container of safety where they have a willingness to admit what is true, then we can start to move forward. And a huge weight comes off simply by admitting it. I was working with a client. She's got an HR consulting company. She built it up over the last 20 years. And she's like, I don't know. Do I grow this? Do I want to sell it? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Do I want to do something else? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I said, okay, I am going to bind you from making any decisions for the next 60 days. You are not allowed to make any changes in your life. You are energetically bound. Now, what's the truth? What do you want? And she like she sat back her whole body relaxed and she just went i don't want to do this anymore and went there it is and now we know she's like oh my god that feels so good <laughs> and she like the relief that came over her right because and I'll just tell you the, the reason that people do this is because we there's something in our in our psyche that thinks if we admit this then i have to do something about it right if I admit to myself that I'm not in the right relationship, then I know, then I have to get out. If I admit to myself that I'm not in the right job or with the right person or in the right uh, house or, and then the reality is, no, you don't. You don't have to do anything. So if you can give yourself permission to know without having to do, typically the information comes in pretty quickly. That's really interesting. One of the things that I thought of
0: was instead of like, I don't know, it's almost as if they have like a fear of the unknown, let's say. So I look at that as if you could take, let's say, even a small risk or a big risk and do something else. However, you're saying they don't necessarily need to do anything at all. Mm -hmm. Now you kind of talk like it feels like uh, kind of as I was listening to these people, they get like a weight lifted off their shoulders, just realizing and being aware of this. So after that, what are some of the results that they typically see once they have this clarity that you're speaking of?
1: Well, depending on what the, the now known thing is, it's truly transformative. You know, I was working with a client, she's like, I don't know, do I stay in my marriage? Do I get out of my marriage? Well, we got to the root of this and fast forward four months, she texted me. She says, it's been four months. You've doubled our revenues. You've eliminated my stress and you saved my marriage. Like, yeah, because we were able to align that person with the outcome that was true for them. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I break a lot of people up too, right? I mean, once you start following a path of truth, everything that was built on things that weren't true tend to fall away. And so it's scary. Change is terrifying, right? That's why we have a whole team of coaches to support
0: our clients through this. Yeah. Most people, when they're starting something like this, as you're saying too, they're, at least with me as well, when I work with people, I think when they start, they're afraid to even realize certain things or tell you because they haven't actually told anyone before. So just them being able to trust you or trust the coaches is a big deal. Now, how do you see that like building trust with people? Does that lead to ultimately what they want? What else goes into that and in really helping them, would you say?
1: Well, I think the biggest piece is there's two there are two things there, uh, awareness and empowerment. So if, if you're going to make changes, if you're going to make decisions, um, even if you're gonna decide not to decide, you have to do it from a place of conscious awareness and, and autonomy, right? Everybody's a sovereign being. And so, um, you know, and I tell people, I said, look, I, I'm not in the advice business. I never tell people what to do, ever, right? People don't take advice, um, that's generally, right? Because advice belongs to the person who's giving it. And so my job is to get somebody to give themselves their own advice because that they're going to take. And honestly, I'm not on somebody's call it spiritual path. I'm not qualified to tell them what to do. Nobody is. So what I tell clients is like, look, I, um, I'm um, i not going to tell you what to see, but I will show you where to look. And then I will support you in relating to what you find in aligning it with the outcome that you're looking for, the goals you want to achieve. So, but everybody has every answer they're ever going to need to navigate their lives. Business personal otherwise they have that answer. So when they say, I don't know, it simply means it's not in my awareness or I'm afraid to admit it.
0: Yeah. I always look at it when I'm working with people as well is they already have the resources inside of themselves to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. It's just a matter of connecting them to those resources so they can actually get things that you know, they haven't gotten before. So we've touched a bit about on the the unknown, which I think is really uh, interesting. Another interesting thing to me is the, the miserable uh, millionaire, because a lot of people think like once you have the money, once you have the success, everything is just going to be fantastic. However, everyone defines success differently. So what do you see people like this? What are some of their common problems or common pitfalls?
1: Well there there's typically a lot of stress there's friction in their relationships they start having a lot of health problems right if this is the whole mind body connection you know people say like cancer is not that big a mystery right it's just not we say oh, it's a mystery we don't know how got yeah stress will give it to you all kind of, like your body is in many ways toxic to itself you know adrenaline for example adrenaline is really bad for you if it doesn't get burned up as you as, as you uh, as you need it so getting getting somebody balanced getting their their lives calibrated. I tell people your life is like a biosphere, right? Just like the earth is a biosphere, your life is like a biosphere and it needs a certain amount of each thing in order for it to to be sustainable and really thrive, right? The earth needs a certain amount of oxygen, a certain amount of nitrogen, a certain amount of water, a certain temperature, right? And that's and those aren't equal parts, right? They're balanced correctly. And the same is true with work and finances. And space and recreational activities, uh, you know, emotional regulation, like all of this, needs to be balanced in order for life to be optimized. That's a really good point. I love how you did that with the
0: oxygen and all of these things. So these people, they get they have they get out of balance in some way. Um, and you said a lot of things about the the mind body connection and health and stress and all that. Can you talk of just a little bit more, maybe for some people that wouldn't be so in tune to that yet. How does that actually work to where you say that the mind and body can connect and maybe lead to stress or even other diseases, like you said?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the if what you focus on expands, right? And that's you know that's a well-known principle. And, and even through the lenses of subatomic physics, right? We know that viewing an object has a physical effect on that object. You can gain weight or lose weight by basically willing it to happen as opposed to going to the gym or something like that, right? I can build muscle math by meditation and thinking about it. And, and I think what's really terrifying is when you, when you recognize how much power as a human you have, then you start to come to the conclusion of how much responsibility you have for that power, right? You know, you can, you can create beautiful dreams and you can create beautiful uh, or, or horrific nightmares. It's just a question of how you apply the things that, that you have. So, um, so the conscious awareness allows you to, to do things with intention. Um, one of my favorite quotes is an example. You know, a lot of people deal with negative self-talk. You know, they're just really in their heads and they're saying shitty things about themselves to themselves. And I've said, when you stop listening to yourself, and you start talking to yourself, you will find that the script changes dramatically. But you need the conscious awareness to make that happen. Yeah, that's that's a good point.
0: And I always tell people too that you know, we do so many things in our heads. So anytime an outside event happens, we filter it, we do all these things for our perceptions, our beliefs, attitudes, all of this. However, once we put in that self talk or whatever it is, We don't technically have a problem or a success or however we want to label it until we actually put language around it. So it's really interesting that you say that because technically everything could just be whatever it is. And then when we put language, it could be the greatest thing ever or it could be a total
1: uh, catastrophe. You want to expand on that a bit? Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I I just uh, a story popped into my head about a client that I was working with, and she said that she she had I saw a band aid on her arm, and I said, oh, what was that about? And she said, oh, I had a thing removed or whatever. It was you know benign or whatever, but she's like, this is the fifth time it's happened, and I went, whoa, wait, what? The fifth time this has happened, and it was like a precancerous thing, but um, and I said, your body is communicating to you, and so the exercise. I'll give you a tool here. The I'm all about tools. I said, if your body were a different person and sitting next to you, and I asked your body, "Hey, body, tell me about your relationship with this person. What do they? What do they think about you? What do you? What do they say about you?" Well, can you imagine what your body might say to you if I asked that question? Like, well, he he says I eat too much junk food. He says I don't like this. He says oh, you're too fat, or You, I don't like how tall you are. You have your hairs getting gray. What, like? When you start to recognize, and I said, let me ask you a question. And I asked her, I said, "How, how would you feel about somebody that was constantly talking shit to you? Like, you wouldn't want to hang out with them. You'd be like, no, you start rebelling against that person. Well, what do you think your body's doing? Your body has just given you the fifth sign, like, I don't like how you're talking to me. And when you get conscious of this, now your world changes because now, again, we're addressing your physical health, your mental health. We're addressing subatomic physics, blah, blah, blah. I can go down the rabbit holes, right? But it's it's a fantastic exercise. and I strongly encourage any woman, you know, it's, it's, a, it can, it's going to be for most of us in Western civilization, a painful exercise in what would your body say if I asked that question? Most people I would
0: think would have a the response you kind of went over. Yeah. In some way, I'm not good enough, right? Yeah, which is a common limiting belief that a lot of people have, unfortunately, that they picked up from someone probably over time when they were age zero to seven. Do you see your clients have other common limiting beliefs that you tend to easily get rid of for them?
1: Oh yeah, there's you know there's a handful of core wounds. I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, I'm abandonable. I you know like there's when it boil we boil it down far enough, there's like a handful of things and so like connecting somebody with the truth about their being and their existence. And and I'll say there's there's a big difference between my truth and the truth. Right When I talk about my truth, this is very LA West Side hippie speak, right? It's my truth. I just, this is what I want. It's my truth. Like, all right. But your truth, my truth, right? This is all about opinions and desires. My truth is what I want and don't lock, li- like or don't like. You know, the truth is a frequency that just lands in the body. Like it's one of those, you know what you know when you know it. Things so It just boom and there it is. Like an example of this in my life, uh, when my last relationship ended year and a half ago or more, my truth was I wanted to stay in it and figure it out and fix it. And we'd begin together off and on for six years. And so my truth was I want to stay in and figure it out. Mm-hmm. The truth that I knew on some level was that it was in our highest service, both of our highest service, to separate. And since we've done that, our, we're actually very good friends. She's uh, she's down in Brazil right now. And we are uniquely qualified to support each other with this new relationship in a completely different way that does not involve romantic partnership. Because, you know, but had I resisted the truth and grabbed onto my truth, I'd still be in a really messy place, you know? So it requires a massive element of trust and surrender in call it God, source, universe, spirit, whatever, you know? Like, you know. But yeah, the truth doesn't care about my truth. <laughs> the truth doesn't care about my opinions.
0: And you you mentioned earlier a bit about uh, love and dating and su- situationships where that was something you kind of went through. What other experiences from your life really allows you to help people in these different pillars so easily and effortlessly? Oh,
1: well, that's a great question. I got to tell you, I I don't know that you can screw up in a way that I haven't, especially as a man. Like I I've done all the shitty things, all the wrong things. I just like somehow I kept myself out of jail. But beyond that, like I've I've fucked up everywhere. there is to fuck up. <laughs> And I've learned from all of it. Right. And um, and if I can let go of any shame or guilt that, uh, you know, that that other people in my life throughout my history have had to pay for my education or whatever, it's just it was all part of my curriculum, part of their curriculum through life or whatever. But yeah, I think that's that's the opportunity is to alchemize all of it. You know, how do I. How do I learn from this? How do I grow from that? How do I use this for my betterment, my benefit, and to that of everybody else? And um, there's always a way to leverage something. But you got to let go of the shame. Yeah, definitely. Shame,
0: uh, guilt. A lot of work I do, we get rid of negative emotions, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, things like this. You said that you're really into tools and stuff like this. So before we kind of end this is there another tool that say someone feels these emotions is there something that you can recommend that they do that would help them
1: with something like this great question yes release the judgment around it a lot of times and when i say judgment in this context what i mean is suggesting that you are wrong or bad or shouldn't be feeling this way right the word should gets in there should or shouldn't what we call shooting all over the place when you start shooting all over the place you're probably in judgment. And that is suggesting that you or the situation should be other than as it is. And so when we're talking about these emotions that we don't like, right, the fact is you are having this experience. In fact, let's call them experiences. Forget calling them feelings for a second. Let's call them experiences. If I'm experiencing anger, that's a fact. It doesn't have to be justified. It doesn't have to be rational. It doesn't have to make sense. It does, There doesn't even have to be a reason. The fact... Fact is, I'm experiencing it, and I and I can say I shouldn't be it, experiencing it, and yet I am. And so if we can let go of the wronging of it, allow ourselves the dignity of the experience. The truth is I'm having this experience of shame. Cool. I'm going to ride this wave, and I'm going to allow myself the dignity and the truth of this experience. Once that energy moves through somebody and the the feelings subside, the experience uh, uh, leaves, what I'm left with is the information about the experience that I need to disentangle and realign myself. So after the fact, I can go, wow, I was really heated up there. What was going on with me? How was I reacting? What was the trigger? And now I can start doing all the, inf- you know, like digging this out, but you got to let go of the judgment and Honor what is true. I totally agree with that because people will,
0: yeah, they'll they'll almost beat themselves up for having this and and this experience. Like you said, not necessarily a feeling, having this experience, they beat themselves up over. It. And if they can really just let go of that, man, that could change their story around it uh, just in a second. I think we covered quite a bit here about everything you're about here. How can someone get in contact with you if they want to jump into the Get Unstuck program? Uh, where can people find you if you just want to share with all the listeners so they know where to go?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you again for having me. Um, so go to statusflow.net and right at the top is the Get Unstuck program. You can check whichever the one of the four that, that resonates most for you. Of course, you've got all the other programs and stuff on on the website as well. But the, uh, the Get Unstuck program is really what what people who have who have lost their way on their New Year's resolutions are are gravitating towards.
0: Yeah, I think most people with the the New Year's resolutions, those are gone probably within about a, a week. I'm sure there's some sort of study or statistics.
1: Oh yeah, they're they're abysmal. It's what... like, <laughs> yeah,
0: I think it goes back to like you're saying earlier, like with intention and everything, things can be so much better where if you you know set certain daily intentions and things like this. Um, do you have anything else to add, Chris, uh, about anything before we go?
1: No, just thank you so much. Once again, I, I appreciate the opportunity to to talk about this work that has literally transformed my life. You know, I mean, when I, I started this company, I was broken, homeless, and living out of my car. And so now here we are. Uh, you know, if I can do this, you can do that. Believe me. Yeah, that's awesome. So hopefully that encourages everyone.
0: Thanks again for coming on. Uh, Chris. I really appreciated the conversation.
1: Thanks so much, Alex. Good to see you.